Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to Mosaic in the Morning. We got Kristen back here. I'm back. Yes, Good morning, you are guys. Back. Yes. So I'm the pastor of Mosaic Church. I'm so glad that you guys are tuning in, regardless of where you're tuning in from. If this is your first time, this is your last time. Not really, right? No, not the last. It should not be the last. It should not be the last time. But hey, if this is your first time, we are so glad you're, you've jumped in. So here's what happens, right? So Kristen uh, uh, chats with us, right? Yes. You got a chat going on, right? I do. So what's the deal with that chat? So we've, oh, all kinds of things happen in the chat. Okay. You can say, hey, you can let us know where you're watching from. There will be notes. There will be sometimes jokes, like during the message, sorry. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. So it's there for you. Jump in, throw emojis. Yes, Whatever. definitely. And yeah, okay. and if you see, if you hear something and you're like, oh, I want to know the reference of it, you can actually just um, ask the question and we will help you uh, answer that question as well. Yeah, so, it'll all be there. Hey, it is. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a good morning. It it's is. A great morning. Um, awesome. But hey, so you were gone last week. I was. Right? You I went was- to... Charleston, South Carolina, South Carolina, Charleston, yes. South Carolina. My husband and my two daughters and I just took a little Vacay. getaway yeah. just for the weekend. Like it, um, and it was kind of nice. It was like to be at the beach. Well, when the weather was good, that, right. the one day <laughs> to be at the beach and feel like. Everything was just normal. Now, you did say yeah. something about it to me. Like, it was awesome, but there was this one thing, right? Yes. Was it that we were in quarantine still, that part of it? The quarantine, yes. yes. So, yeah, it was all normal, normal. Everything's great. We're at the beach, and then we, like, couldn't go get food. So we're oh. in a hotel room, but there's no restaurants open. And yeah. some were open for yeah. takeout, or they closed. It was just, like... Well, um, that is happening here, too, because, um, you know, obviously that's South Carolina. This is North Carolina and things are changing to state to state. But uh, people are asking us, right? Yes. When is Mosaic Hope Center opening up? What's happening here? When is Metro opening up? Yes. When is when is when are are we telling you? (laughs) No, well, tell them right now? we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't have an exact date, but we do know that's going to be in July. Yes. We do know it's going to be July. It's going to be obviously quarantine style. Sure. We'll give you details again. If you don't uh, follow us on on our social media platforms, you should because you we should. will let you know. Also, we'd love for you to jump in as a volunteer too, because volunteering is going to look so different as well. Everything's going to be different. So it'll different. be the same. It'll be different. Both campuses. If you want to volunteer, yes, and you can both tell will us be in the open. Chat. Yes. yes, both campuses. Will be open. Awesome. Now, will be open. Um, it's summer, right? Yeah, it feels like summer. It's not quite summer. It's not. Qu- I think it's like June. The teacher brain in me. June twentieth, I think, oh, is the first day okay, of summer. Okay, okay, okay. So we're well, close. We're close. We forget well, what day it is. It's still quarantine. We're like, <laughs> is it well, July? Either way, <laughs> well, either way, we started a new series. Yes. A summer series. Okay, yes. I don't even care. What's it called? Okay, it's called Voices. Okay, tell me about it's that. It's called Voices. Yeah. Okay. So here it is. Well, the big idea is the it's the tagline is uh, go ahead, the world is listening. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, the okay. world's listening. Now, what we're going to do with that is, that, what that means is we're going to talk about and talk with some really amazing people. So we, I got a guest here awesome. uh, this morning, and he's, he's one of my favorite guys uh, to uh, talk with. And so this summer, we're going to just, I'm going to be talking with uh, people, my friends, guests, and we're going to be talking about their unique voice and what the world needs to hear. Awesome. And so it's going to be so much fun. It's, it's going to be, be great. Yeah. Before we get to our first guest, mm-hmm. though. We have to do some good news. Oh, yes, guys. Some good news. So we do this segment called Some Good News, We right? do. We do. We're yeah. doing so many amazing things. Thanks mostly to your generosity. Yes. We are able to be the church, and we have all kinds of good stories in Charlotte, in um, North Carolina, in the country, in the world. It, in the world. I mean, last week it was like India, and then the week before that it was Israel, and then Guatemala, and then, I mean... Uh, Italy. Bel- I can't even Italy. keep up with them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, yeah, 
thank you, thank you. So it's basically this segment is about celebrating all the good things that you're doing. Yes. So, yeah. And we all need to hear them. Yes. So I think Ashley has got all kinds of stories, all kinds of things to tell us. So let's watch this. Let's let Ashley tell us. Thank you so much, Kristen. Hey, Mosaic, Ashley Fossil here, and I am actually at the Bags of Hope warehouse where we have volunteers packing bags right now. And in fact, you know, we are packing 500 bags every single week for kids in our city. So thank you so much for those of you from Mosaic who have come out and helped make this possible. Speaking of awesome volunteers, thank you so much for all of you who have stepped up to make videos for our MKids ministry. They have been a huge hit. Hey, y'all. We miss you like crazy. Hope you're doing well. And we really look forward to seeing you all soon. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Also, did you see what happened this past Sunday? Mosaic, we were so honored to be able to partner with this grassroots organization called It Ends Now. They are doing a phenomenal job of bringing ministries and churches together in this city to really effect change for good. We gathered together at First Ward Park for a historic event. And in fact, we were so excited to be able to supply Hope For All shirts to so many of the people who were participating. And Naeem was able to share his heart. And it was just a fantastic day to be a part of. Please make sure you follow them on social media and stay up to date with all the things that they're doing. In fact, speaking of social media, I hope you've been able to follow along with some fantastic conversations that both Naeem and Kristen have had on Instagram and Facebook, and they will continue to do so, so please be sure to follow them. One other thing, Mosaic, that I would love for every single one of you to be a part of, we are hosting the, a five-week virtual series, What Lies Between Us with Brownicity. It is gonna be powerful and impactful. Please be sure to sign up and invite your friends and family for this educational opportunity. Thank you so much for your support and generosity, Mosaic, that allows us to continue to be a voice of hope, both locally and globally. So that wraps up this week, some good news. But for next week, we would love to hear your stories. So tag us, share them with us, email them to us uh, so that we can share some of your stories for some good news next week. Man, that was awesome. I mean, I'm loving the fact that we are able to do so many amazing things because of gener generosity. I mean, I am so grateful. Also grateful for my buddy. What's up? Hey, hey. How's it going, man? Dude, how are you? That was amazing. I know, that was... Like, really amazing. I know, I know. God's been so good to us. And the people, we are the best people, man. For best real. people, best people. So, you are my guest. And those of you who do not know, this is uh, Joel Mudamale. Yeah. Mood you know, this is the thing that I love about doing this with you, Naeem, is that you don't mess up my last name. You nailed it. Yeah, because Yar, Yar, which means in, in Hindi, <laughs> right? it's friend, Yar. Yar, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Pakistani. Right, yeah. I'm Indian, but yes. that's odd. <laughs> it is very odd, man. It is extremely odd, and we're going to be talking about this. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, so... Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself real quick. Yeah, man. So uh, I serve, I live here in Charlotte. So the commute was amazing. Uh, just down here, uh, I married my wife, Brittany, and I. We have uh, three little boys all under the age of eight, Liam, Levi, and Lucas. And I don't, you know this, right? But we just welcomed our baby girl I know. Wow. into this world. She is four months old and born smack in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and so her name is Amelia Jane. Uh, she is totally different. From all of the boys, yeah. uh, she's the queen. She's running around, uh, and she—I mean, oh, she's running around. I mean, in the sense, like metaphorically, running <laughs> I was around. Like, what? But I mean, I, mean, she, I know she, Indians she, are pretty, you know. I mean, talented. Uh, yeah, talented. Yeah, talented. Yeah. Come on, over exactly, exactly. <laughs> but man, it's going awesome. I work uh, at a ministry called Proverbs Thirty One Ministries. Mm -hmm. I serve as director of theology and research. Uh, I work directly for Lisa Turkhurst, uh, nice. who's my boss, and get to work on her book projects. And then I'm on the teaching team at Transformation Church. Uh, our dear good friend. Yes. Yeah. So, not a, not yeah. a, I mean, not not a great church. I mean, it's a, you know what I'm saying. I mean, like, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's, all right. Exactly. it's all right. It's all right for South Carolina. Uh, See? Yes, because technically he's in South Carolina. Technically, we're, we're in North Carolina. That's so, right. So yeah, best church in North Carolina, right here, right here. <laughs> there you go. But okay, so. Here's what we're going to do, friends. Uh, some of you guys already know Joel because he, he's uh, spoken here before, taught here before. We're going to have a conversation um, doing a series called Voices. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to cover three big questions, okay? The first one, we're going to go right into it. Uh, first one is, what is systemic racism? 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Heavy question. Now, obviously, uh, we're dealing with uh, things that are happening in the world, in our city. Uh, we're obviously not black and white. I don't no, know if you guys yeah. noticed. Yeah. We're Indian, Pakistani, Pakistani. which is a whole, whole different ball game when it comes to systemic racism. Yeah. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think this just, just by itself, you and I being friends, uh, you and I uh, knowing each other, we eat together, we go and have sushi together, uh, and we have conversations together. Uh, you know, it is unheard of. So for many of my family members, they're like, Naeem, is he Pakistani? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, Are you gonna be safe? Do you need Do you need one of us to roll with you? No, man. We, we're dangerous people. I just, I mean, you know, passionate. Yeah, you guys are the smart ones. We're the passionate ones. That's but here, it. I mean, what's so interesting about that is when if somebody did not know anything mm. about you and I, if they did not know that I was Indian, you're Pakistani, if they had no idea of the historical narrative that took place between our countries, uh, they would be confused right now because they'd be like, uh, "Y'all look brown." Right. Right? Like, so why, why is there this tension right. between these two people? Yeah, and the, I don't know if you guys know this, but, and you might think I'm lying. I'm not. I, don't, I can't get a visa to go to his country. Yeah. Like, I'm Pakistani. We are neighbors. Yeah. Countries. You know, right? I called the Indian consulate for you. Oh, please. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> I got some family that, that is, there. That's a lie. That's uh, a liar, by uh, the way. But Indians, I would. Indians are liars. Put that, but, write that down. Not, my not heart answer. says yes. <laughs> Your heart says yes. What is this, a song? <laughs> is it a music video? No. Right. Uh, so we, we can't do that. But we, we can't, uh, like, this, th- there's so much hostility, number one. But also when it comes to racism in terms of, like, within our own people. Like, yeah. so there's a caste system, obviously, that people maybe know about in India. Yeah. But, like, you brought up something. This, this cream. <laughs> this cream. Yeah. It's called what? Fair and lovely. Fair if you're an Indian, you know this, or a Pakistani. You, yeah, you already have PTSD. You already know. You know mom or auntie is walking in, and they've got the cream, especially before events, right? Yeah. Like, if you're going out in public, and you have not put the fair and lovely cream on, don't be a disgrace to the family. <laughs> don't be a disgrace. Okay, okay, so we have to explain to we do. our American Western people what in the world is fair and lovely. Yeah, because, because Kristen sounds... was just here and she was at the beach trying to get a tan. <laughs> right, and right. And we're like, stay inside, don't go outside, exactly. careful, you're gonna okay. get too dark. So, <laughs> it is a fact, friends, okay, so the fairer you are, the more lovely you are. It's the cream based on this idea that white or fair mm. is, is better. Yeah. It's better, and caste systems are connected to that. Marriage proposal, proposals are connected to that. Mm-hmm. Job opportunities are connected to that. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and you know, Naeem, one of the interesting things about that as I was studying this is that uh, we look at it and we say, is this an Indian thing? Yeah. Is this a Pakistani thing? Is this a, a black thing? Like, and what's really interesting is actually, yes, but it's deeply rooted in the scriptures. Right. So in the Song of Solomon, when you have uh, King Solomon, he's talking about the Shunammite woman, right? And he talks about her skin. This is so insane because for a woman to have dark skin, that is actually an indication that she had been out in the fields. Mm-hmm. So she had been a common laborer, somebody who had been out in the fields, who had been working, had gotten that tan, and this is something, un- like you looked down on right. this because you didn't want to associate with somebody who had a darker skin because it might mean something for you or it might mean a loss of right. something for you. And so when we talk about something like systemic racism, we're talking about a system and a structure. And I think of baking. It's like a piece of bread when you're baking. Have you ever baked bread before? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of, you know, obviously roti, naans. Chapatis, naans, garlic naan. Hello. You know? So think about the garlic naan. Uh, you've got the garlic pieces that are in there and it's baked into the bread when you get it. So that when you tear a piece of that off, you have the fragrance, the aroma, it Mm. is embedded into the very nature of that piece of bread. When we talk about systemic racism, this is the horror of systemic racism. That the longer that it goes on, it has been baked into the fabric of our society so that we sense, smell, taste, feel the the horror and the heartache of this taking place uh, amongst people yeah. that uh, is, is not based off of what scripture has taught us. Yeah, and you know, well, as you were saying, it's, it's clear. It's clear that um, there, there's a deeper, um, there's a deeper, uh, not problem, but there's a, there, there seems to be, 
It's, this, this conversation seems to be something that has been a problem, in a sense, where we're the beginning of humanity. Mm. And so regardless of uh, ethnicity, regardless of like, color of skin, we've always wanted to divide people, in a sense, and categorize people. Mm-hmm. We've always wanted to go, well, I'm better than you, and I'm not better than you. And, and if you're in gr- this group, you're privileged. You're in this group, you're not privileged. And so privilege, in a sense, it's like Joel was talking about. If you are fairer in, my, in our culture, if you're fairer, that means you're more privileged. Right. If you're not fairer, that means you have to work Harder. your butt off, and you, you're a laborer, in a sense. Yeah. And so you're not privileged, and so that means you're not, you don't have all the opportunities. Which is amazing that, that we, live in, we live in a different culture, but you can translate that here the same way. Yeah. This idea of privilege, this idea of like trying to, trying to we're, we're supposed to be this one humanity, but we find ourselves always wanting to divide because we want to be better. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I, I was visiting my family in Indianapolis just a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know about you, but for me, as the older I've gotten, our stories are a bit different, yeah, you know. Of course, yeah. um, I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area, but I went to go live in India for two and a half years to live with my grandparents, who are missionaries in India. But even for me, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, in my earlier years, I had uh, tried to separate my ethnicity, mm. my, my Indianness to uh, what I had seen around me. And so I kind of didn't do the Indian movies. My parents wanted to be all about that. I hated it. As soon as I heard the Indian songs come on, the Telugu, the Hindi songs, I'm like, I'm out, right? I'm leaving. But what, yeah, this, you can, this is so insane. When I was home by myself at like one in the morning, I like stayed up late at night and I watched this Indian show called Gully Boy. Have you seen Gully Boy? Uh, Have you heard about this? Listen. I mean, I know what it means, but it, yeah. Okay, so Gully Boy, right? Uh, it's the story of this Indian boy, this Indian guy, he's a man, and uh, his dad is a driver uh, in there in India and as a driver there is this idea that if your father is a driver yeah you're going to be a driver, or maybe if you work your butt off, you might get an office job, which right. might be nice. But uh, there's this line in there where he says, Don't make sure your dreams are dreams of reality. Don't have unrealistic dreams, you know? Yeah. And this entire story is about him and being a, a guy who loves hip hop and uh, he wants to so desperately go after that. But when we think about systemic racism, we're actually thinking about a system that looks at that Indian boy, that black boy, that, that uh, minority individual, and says, our system. System, this mm-hmm. system is set up to, uh, to keep you in your role. Yeah, to keep you in your place. In your place, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And when we think about scripture particularly, one of the first places that I have found that we find a system, actually you brought this up to me, I yeah. didn't think about this the, the same way, it's, in, uh, it's actually in Babel, in Genesis chapter 11. Yeah. Uh, and in Babel, the, the people had come together and they had created... A system. What right. is the system for? They're creating a system in order to uh, spread their glory, their idolatry, their bigness up into the heavens to be God, essentially, mm-hmm. to be like God. And at Babel, what the Lord does in judgment to this is he diversifies their tongues and then they go all over the place. And so I want to pause and just help us to see in the Old Testament that we have evidence right away of a people right. who have different backgrounds, different ethnicities, that go out amongst the nations. And then we want to ask this question, okay, what does God think about ethnicity? What does he think about these types of systems? What are they supposed to be aimed towards? And when we look at Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and we just celebrated Pentecost Sunday just right, a couple, yeah, a couple yeah. weekends ago, this is what uh, the scriptures say. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, you know, Peter is out, he's preaching this incredible sermon, and I want us to imagine being in the room and experiencing what these disciples of Jesus experienced. This is what Acts 2 says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak, this is so important, and began to speak in other tongues mm-hmm. as the Spirit enabled them. Enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, catch this, from every nation yeah. under heaven. And then verse six, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together, and this is what, the, what happened with the crowd. They were bewildered 
because each one heard their own language being spoken. And so when we think about this, uh, this is a monumental moment right. where God died, like in his divinity, he comes in by the spirit, by the empowerment of the spirit, he doesn't obliterate our ethnicity. Yeah. Ethnicity is not destroyed. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, there isn't even a reversal. Like we don't even go back to Babel and say, oh, let's all just have one language again. Right. What it says is that the spirit is the agent of reconciliation, mm -hmm. of restoration, and of one common understanding. The spirit actually translates, does the interpretive work, uh, and then they hear in their own languages. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a celebration yeah. of diversity. It is a celebration of ethnicity. And so the system that we have in place in Acts chapter 2 is not a system that obliterates a specific ethnicity. Yeah. It is a system that says, actually, we're all made in the image of God. Right. And because we're made in the image of God, our ethnicity is something to be celebrated to provide equal opportunity for all. Yeah. And, I, you know, I love that you, and you, you brought up the Tower of Babel because uh, there you have man. And it's, it's so amazing when you look at the scriptures, you read that story, and I, did, I highly recommend you read it. You, you notice something that God is always saying so much more in the scriptures. And so when you read that, you find hey, what he's saying is, look what's happening here, friends. Look what's happening. Man wanted, or, or humans wanted an idea, a vision. And what happens is that they get people to fit into a, a certain mold yeah. to reach a particular goal that they have hard, put in their hearts. And so there's a the facade of like, oh, we're all one. We all have this one vision. We have this one thing. But it's sometimes systems that are uh, systemic, uh, systemically racist, in a sense, is they have this one ideal or goal or someone's dream or one, one idol, in a sense, but it's basically asking everybody else to fit a certain mold right. to get into that. And, and, and it's typically not, it's somebody's, like, somebody's going to lose. Someone's, of course, they're going to lose. You have to lose yourself to fit in. So you, so, so it, you mm. see this in churches, you see it in organizations. You, you, yeah, you fit, you fit, you find your fit because here's what you got to do. You've got to manipulate who you are or stop being Indian, stop being Pakistani, mm -hmm. right? And then you fit into, like churches will say, oh, well, you, you all, we all belong. But what they're, sometimes what they're saying is, no, 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 no. You, you belong, you fit. Right, this is good. If, if you can, if just like, uh, you, you can't be that Pakistani in church. You can't right. be that Indian in church. Right. You can't be that black in church. You can't right. be that Hispanic. Like, the list goes on and on. Like, we love you, but honestly, we need you to check a bit of your ethnicity at the door when of you course. walk in. Yeah. In order so that, and this is actually kind of called tokenism. Isn't that right? Like, I love you, Naeem for the part of your Pakistani background that is gonna aid me and help me, but at the point that it makes me feel uncomfortable, yeah. uh, I need I you to check it, yeah. that at right. the door. Right, that is, that, it, it, I mean, we could just keep on and on about this because it, it's, it's so, and then and you, you create systems and you don't even know you're doing it. You create systems that, that celebrate that. You, you, you ruin it because here's what happens. You just read Acts, which is, in one sense, you could just take the Tower of Babel, and then this happens. So you have you know, humans trying to do this, but it's really out of like a, building an idol. And then you have God's spirit. He goes, I love diversity. I'm not going to unite you in this one someone's cause. I'm going to unite you in spirit. I'm going to unite you in, in, uh, unite you in, uh, in soul. Yeah. Uh, and but, but here's what you do. You get to keep your diversity. You get to keep your beautiful language. You get to keep your culture. You get to keep everything because being united is and being in one accord is not we all dress, look the same, do right. the same thing on the weekends. Right. It's not that. You don't fit to belong. You belong, and that's why you fit. Yeah, man, that's good. Like, it's, it's so the opposite, good. isn't it? Mm -hmm. So systemic racism does exist, and some people go, like, you got a text that said, oh, this quote-unquote <laughs> systemic racism. It said the myth, the myth of systemic racism. What is wrong? Uh, it's not just U.S., it is... The world. The world. And it's, and it's here, and we're seeing it right now. Yeah. We're seeing it. And we got to yeah. do something. we got to start off. It starts with it starts with just acknowledging the fact that we will do this unless, if we move away from the scriptures, if we move away from God's spirit, we will end up trying to control everybody else. Yeah. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. Instead of being controlled, motivated, empowered, and, uh, and propelled, compelled by the power of the spirit who yeah. wants us to yeah. do the things of God. Right. Uh, and so it goes back to Babel. Yeah. Are you and I going to be a people who are motivated 
to build ourselves up, to make us into the greatest version possible of ourselves? Or are we going to say, no, actually, because our mm. allegiance, y'all, we are kingdom people. Yeah. Because our allegiance is to King Jesus. That, that all the things that we think and that we act, our words and our works, come into alignment oh with yeah. who God is and what he has done in our hearts and how the Spirit is compelling us to live and to talk and to act. And those two things, we cannot build our kingdom and build the kingdom of God at the same time. Yeah. Those, they are antithetical to each other. Yeah. And dude, you know, when you were saying this, I, I, I thought of something that I, I really don't say. And, then, and honestly, I checked my Pakistani, my Arab, my, all of my background at the door for a long time just because I didn't want to get deported, number one. I, <laughs> That's kind of real, You though. were born here. I was That's not. real. I know. That is kind of real. <laughs> and my mom actually got deported. So, yeah, so. yeah, anyways. But, man, I mean, let's, can, can we just, can I just say something, friends? Let's just think about this. The Tower of Babel was a man's idea to glorify one people group. And that became an idol. See, that's what happens with systemic racism. When you take a people group, a nation, and you make that the biggest thing. And we go, we'll do anything to just make this one nation big. We'll do whatever. Everybody fits in to do this one thing. It's the Tower of Babel yeah. all over again. Yeah. I mean, and that I feel like God is saying, hey, enough is enough. We've got to stop doing this. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I mean, we can talk all about that. Yeah. We got to go to the next question. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. Let's do next it. question, friends. Next question is: What is a whitewashed theology? Oof. Okay. Now, I put that question in there. I'm gonna propose it to you because you again. I mean, these are all conversations we've had, right? Yeah. Um, you said, you know, Naeem, I've done this. I, I feel like I've I've had this. Like. Talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, so, so what this means is that our theology, uh, and, and theology is simply this. Uh, it comes from two Greek words, uh, theos and ology. So theos, God, ology, mm-hmm. study, uh, the study of God. Our study of God, our understanding of who God is, uh, works through a lens that is westernized, a.k.a whitewashed. And so what happens is we actually disconnect. If this is God's word, yeah. and God's word has its roots in a history, a culture, a society, a narrative, we have uprooted it and we've placed it in a place that is uh, totally fixated on one way of doing life, one way of understanding about mm. culture, one way of, uh, of, of goals and ambitions and agendas. And so let me give you an example of what this uh, whitewashed theology is. Uh, for instance, some of the greatest theologians, right? Some of the greatest theologians, my heroes of the faith, uh, Jonathan Edwards, he wrote one of the most brilliant books called Religious Affections. Um, did you know that Jonathan Edwards was a slave owner? Um, George Whitfield, who I love. George Whitfield is brilliant. Uh, he was all about equality of all men. Did you know that he looked at slaves and said, actually, your equality is best for you as long as you stayed in your slavery? Mm. Uh, and so what's happened is that our theology, because these were white men, our theology begins to become built off of what they have thought, what they have said, uh, because we have disconnected the scriptures Mm -hmm. with its authenticity Mm -hmm. and its culture and its history. Uh, And so this is a tragedy. It is absolutely tragic. Yeah, and I don't think people realize it. I mean, I remember having a conversation with a guy, um, um, not white, and uh, we were talking about something, and uh, he was questioning some of my thoughts, and he was like, so tell me where you've read this and, you know, how, how you've come to this. And what he was saying to me, and... I didn't even, I, didn't, I, I had this moment, I was like, dude, do you know what you're doing right now? You're asking me as a non-white to find references of white theologians to back up to back my, you up. <laughs> do you know what you're doing right now? Right. Bro, it's, 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 it's ingrained in you, and, and again, whitewash doesn't mean we're pointing fingers at white people. No, we, I mean, I'm married to a white woman. You know me what I'm too. Saying? You too, right? My okay. kids are half white. You're same. 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 It works the same way. It works the same way. Right? <laughs> okay, <right>. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, love, love that. But the, the idea of whitewash means is like there's so many things that we've interpreted the scriptures as, as like a lens of which, like for example, early church. Right? Let's go back to the early church. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go to Acts uh, 11. Right. Yep. So you brought this up because again, they had a lens as well. Yeah. You talk about a lens. They had a lens. Yeah. Right. So what happened here? So in Acts chapter 11, this is so interesting because again, we've whitewashed. Right. So in the sense that we see everything through a European context. Let me yeah. let me maybe say it that way. Uh, and, and though we need to find out what are the roots of our Christian faith, of our heritage. So when we go to Acts chapter 11, verses 25 through 26, you, we're going 
going to find the very first time that this newly formed, Acts 2 just happened, right? Just, you know, 10 chapters before Mm -hmm. this. Uh, Acts 2 takes place. There's a new family, a multi-ethnic family that is formed, and it's a new people. Uh, It is absolutely something totally diverse uh, and yet unified. It is a miracle that's taking place in the Greco-Roman world. And this is what uh, happens in Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 25 through 26. This is uh, what uh, Luke the historian says. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Uh, and we know that this is uh, actually the Saul who uh, eventually becomes Paul. Mm-hmm. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at, where is that? Antioch. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. That word Christian is connected to the church in Antioch. When you look at the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 13, you actually find out the entire makeup of the leadership of the church in Antioch, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. They're all multi-ethnic. It is a church that is rooted in diversity, that is rooted in a multiplicity of ethnicities. And this word Christian is the Greek word Christianios. And just This is unbelievable. The word itself is so instructive. It's a Greek word that has a Latin form with a Jewish background. And so the very word that was used to describe the people of God, this new people of God that are formed, is actually a word that itself embodies a people who are not European. They are not all white. This is a multi-ethnic church that is responding to mm-hmm. the goodness of the gospel. And that is the roots of our church, of yeah. our faith. Yeah. Uh, I was reading um, uh, Tommy Tennant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a theologian, yep. but he's a global. He writes theology with a global perspective. And he was talking about um, um, Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but but they, 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 call, they don't call themselves Christians, but they follow Jesus. Right. Because they don't, that word doesn't work with them. Yeah. They, they, think they're, they think they're actually Hindus. Because Hindus allow, is in their mind, they, it, it, they're, they're able to worship, you know, because that's their the, uh, deity, and they, they worship a lot of deities. But this particular group worship Je- worships Jesus, yeah. but they, they don't have, oh, but I go to church on Sunday with, with my family. Like, it, that, that whole idea of a good Christian boy, good Christian man, doesn't exist with them because it's like their worship services look so different. Everything looks so different. And for the whitewash theology, I think it's, for, for us, it's like, I don't think we understand, even you and I. Yeah. Like, I got introduced to, to, to Jesus after, like, a, you know, I uh, came to the States. I was 19. I mean, I had a Muslim background. And so when I began to hear the stories and learn the scriptures, I did not have Bible stories that I grew up with, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the images that come to mind, so if I give you an image, if I say uh, Jesus on the cross, everybody has an image. You yeah. go to an image, right? Yeah. It's one you have repetitively seen again and again and again and again. So like, like this is how deep whitewashed theology is ingrained in us. For example, I'll give you a, 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 show you a picture, right? Okay. I want to show you a picture of the Garden of Eden, okay? Yeah. The Garden of Eden, okay? Yeah, Genesis one and two. Okay. Boom, Garden of Eden, okay? This is an artist rendering of a Garden of Eden. Now, now, when it comes to racism, when it comes to this a big, a big idea that we're talking about, people go, you know what? That's where the problem started. It started in the garden. Why? Because we think that, well, obviously there's a snake there and the, what happens, right? That's where the fall takes place, right? It's pretty interesting on the rendering and all that. You know, I found this was the most PG-13 uh, version I could find hey, that's, here. I mean, that's stretching it too. Yeah, that that's is stretching close. it too. I know, I know. Yeah. We'll leave that's it in good. there just for a second. Okay, so but here's the thing. People go, you know what? That's where it all started. The fall took place over there and then sin started there and has carried its way. But I think that people would also say that that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Look it at is, the beauty. Look at the beauty, it's beauty. of Eden. It, it, it's beautiful. And this picture in particular was used for an article that was explaining where this one you know, historian or something was saying, you know what, he, he feels like if, if the Garden of Eden was in, in, on Earth, it'd be in part of Africa. And the whole article was about th- this, this shot he used to explain the article of his case that the Garden of Eden could be in Africa. Yeah. Now, that's great. Did you notice something here? They're uh, both white. But so, you just said this is supposed to be in Africa. <laughs> right, right. But see, here's what's interesting. We talk about, like, the, the, you know, that's where sin started. Yeah, it started there because the actual interpretation of the story has, been, have, has missed the mark. Yeah. It has 
sinned in a sense. And I, I don't blame the artist, but I mean, I know artists have responsibility uh, to, uh, you know, pr- uh, to uh, lead the future, to create the future, to express the present and all that. But think about it. All, if there were two, if there was a black couple, we would go, oh, oh, something's wrong. So that's so interesting that you brought that up. Isn't that interesting that when I first looked, I'm just going to say for myself, when I first look at that picture, I think beautiful. I think beautiful. That's right, the word that comes right. up. But then you just said it. If there was a, a, a couple that was black on there, we would pause. And go, oh, oh I get it. You're trying to relate. Ooh, mm-hmm. I mean, we would. We're like, oh, because, because think about it. I mean, let's just get serious here. There's, there's Jesus, and then there's what? There's black Jesus. All right. So, if you, I mean, to even say that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it all started here because we, our interpretation of all, everything has been whitewashed. Yeah. So. And I think um, what you're getting at, I had a conversation the other night, uh, Naeem, with my wife, and she's been wearing contacts a lot. Yeah. Like, she actually, ever since, and I always wear glasses, you know, except if I'm playing basketball, then I'm going to put on contacts. Yeah, you play basketball, don't you? I try to. Yeah, I Indians try to. play basketball? Is that a thing? Come on, man. How you got to do that? Well, we only play cricket? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. So we're sitting in, in, in bed, and she's complaining. She's like, I can't read anymore at night because my eyes hurt so bad, and yeah. you know, and I'm looking, and I'm like, babe, you've had your contacts in for like 30 days straight. That cannot be good for your eyes. Your eyes are exhausted. Mm. And she's looking at me, she's like, what do you mean my eyes are exhausted? And I said, well, think about it. You've got this lens that is over your eye nonstop. So your eye, the muscles in your eye, they've got to fixate through that lens and it exhausts the muscles in your eyes. So by the end of the night, when you look at a book, you look at anything, you, you don't see clearly anymore. Yeah. And here's one of my, my, my greatest fears. That because we've had this whitewashed European theology that has sat over our eyes like contact lenses for so long, we actually have missed the fact that they're even there. And yet they're interpreting and they're defining almost everything that we see and do and we think about, particularly when it comes to the word of God. And this exhaustion is making it to the point where we say, well, things like justice issues become hard to to put our finger on. Things like racism are hard to put our finger on. Things like systemic racism. Our our initial inclination is, yeah, but are you sure? Like, can you prove it? Right, right. Right? And I think this is evidence, friends, of the exhaustion that we have on our eyes. And one of the most freeing, helpful, releasing things that we can do is take the contact lenses off. Take the lenses off and put on the gospel as your lens. Put on the scriptures as your lens so everything is no longer tainted by that type of deal. Actually, we are interpreting life through the goodness of the gospel. Yeah. Man, it goes in so deep. It goes in so deep because because for some people, what you're suggesting is throwing out everything that they learn. That's scary. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like because, like, no, 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 this is, this is, like, uh, I, think, I think it's a challenge for us to go, okay, n- let's, let, let's not have a childish faith, let's have a childlike faith, but not childish. Yeah. Let's, let's throw away the, the stories, or let's, let's look at the stories again and go, oh, oh so Jesus was not a bl- blonde and blue-eyed. I mean, I don't no. even know at one point, why didn't someone say, hey, you know, that's, like, really... Like, a black Jesus is more, is more likely than a blonde, blue-eyed dude. Absolutely. I mean, I'm just saying. But if I were to say that, now I'm a citizen, you know, so I'm good, good. now. I'm good now. <laughs> but, like, people would, like, I mean, they, it would mess them up. I just, I just think it's really important that we pause. And we just, we just say this right here. Every time that you and I have that heart palpitation that takes place, and, our, and we, we like, it's hard for me to say this. It's hard for me to think it. Mm. That offends me a little bit. I'm just going to suggest this, that the spirit of God is working in you. The spirit of God is leading us to truth and to conviction. And this is an indication for us to pause, to pray, to slow down, and to return to the gospel and say, all right, what do I think I believe what do I think I know? Let me put that aside for a second and let me see what does the scriptures actually teach. So for instance, mm. Jesus is a Middle Eastern, poor Jewish man, son of a carpenter. 
And so every time, I just want to challenge you, every time you see a picture of Jesus and you see a white, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. Handsome guy. Handsome, probably with a six-pack. Like, like, every time you see that, we should pray that instead we'd go, oh, that's actually not the real Jesus. Jesus was a Middle Eastern Jewish man. Uh, And that type of prayer, that type of reorientation of our heart it is gonna have a massive impact, mm-hmm. not just for us individually, but yeah. let me say this, also for the way that you and I are able to relate, able to talk to, and able to live alongside of yeah. our other ethnic minority brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, now I'll say this, that to just to add to that is, is that I think when you have, when, when, when you've had the contacts on for so long, mm-hmm. right, the, and you don't even realize it, uh, one indication of that is is not just that you've always uh, have different images when it comes to the scriptures, the Bible stories. More than that, the, there's this indication of like, well, um, well, you know, um, I, I, I don't, I, I have, I'm, I don't like the phrase. Like right now, people don't like the phrase, or some people don't like the phrase, "Black Lives Matter." Yeah. Because good. as soon as people say it's Black Lives Matters. Well-meaning Christians go, no, 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 everybody matters. Yeah, because, because right that reaction is a protection of like, well, no, Bob, but I matter too. <laughs> but, I, I, but I'm the center of this. Right. But we're like, hey, yeah, but, 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 but right now, the right now the question is, hey, systemically, in our policies, in our systems, in what we've done as a nation, Hey, can we actually ask ourselves, hey, do black lives really matter to us as much as our lives matter to us? And the truth is, it's not true. And so that's why when, when, when people say black lives matter, when our brothers and sisters are saying, please, for the love, just say it. Just, and they're not saying just say it. They're saying, please believe, believe it. it. Please work towards it. Please do this. Stop, stop talking about your life. Like, you know, like, so that's when you realize this theology, when it, it's, 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 it's inclusive versus inclusive. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like wh- wh- where do you live in that? You know, wh- what, what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that's when, uh, that's when our, we're challenged. And I think for some of us, we are challenged. And if you're listening to this and watching this, Friends, we are, we're a bunch of, like, you know, for us, we're like, this is, like, not that this isn't our thing, but this needs to be our thing, right? Right. right. Because right. We, we have lived in systemic racism, yeah. okay? Our countries live in that right yeah. now and celebrate that for the, they celebrate that, but this nation, this nation actually wants to move towards what, what it means to be true humanity, what it means yeah. to be uh, people who are loved by God, who, ha- who believe that Christ is in us. I mean, so we have the potential right now to actually say, okay, the rest of the world might do this. What are, we are making a stance. Like, we're changing the game here. So we can, we can do that. Yeah. You know, um, our ministry put out uh, some posts on this. Yeah. And um, part of my responsibility is kind of like to look through it. I wrote uh, the post that actually was, was uh, put out. And so I'm paying attention to the comments. Uh, and Naeem, when you said that, when you said, would you just say those words? The Black Lives Matter. There was a, a gal who had posted, and she was so angry. And, and her anger, like you could feel it through that screen. And I'm, I'm reading, and I'm reading how other people are responding and how she's responding. I'm like, there is more to the story. I can't pinpoint it. What is, what? And then finally I get there, and she says, I'm a 60-year-old black woman who has lived her life in the reality of systemic racism, has, has watched a black man after black man after black man black families, black mothers, black sisters, black daughters, bury their own. And they have looked around and said, didn't you say that you love Jesus? Hmm. And yet it's difficult for you to just say those words, that black lives matter. And I'm just gonna say for me, in that moment, realizing 60 years of this woman's reality it, it, it gives me a new heart and a new way to think about this because all I want to do is yell and say, yes, mm. 
Black lives matter. Listen, with the story of the prodigal son, the older son is like, all lives matter. Yeah. yeah. The, the older son is like, but, 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 um, but like, all sons matter. And the dad's like, no, I mean, you got it wrong. Yeah. You see, the son is gone and he's lost. Right. And, and, and we don't know what's going on to him, like going on in his life. Like, we should care. We should yeah. love uh, our, our brothers and our sisters in Christ. This is why in the New Testament, it is so unique that the people of God are called a family of God. Yeah. It is the Abrahamic blessing, Genesis uh, 12, 15, 17, 22, that all the nations, all the families would be blessed. And that is what is formed, and we've got to go back yeah. to that truth. And you know, I, I love what you said about the prodigal son, but, and, here's, and you know this, obviously, that the bigger picture in that is like, he's also saying, not like, you know, he's also saying, and, and both of them have missed the mark. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like, well, this guy was special and this guy's not special. No, it's like, hey, could you, could you, like, like, it's God saying to us, like, hey, I love them. Why is it hard for you to love them? Huh. Like, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong here? What's wrong here? And I, I get it. It messes with us. It messes with us. So but let's, let's um, last question right here, okay? So how can we be the solution, right? What, what does it mean to be a part of the solution? I, I put down in John 14, and this is my thought here, okay? So John 14, uh, here, um, here it's, it's really profound. Jesus is talking, and he says this. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. I love the word advocate here. He says, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into what? All truth. The world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him but, and doesn't recognize him. But, but, but here's the thing. But you, but you, like this, like this, there's a sense of like, you have this opportunity. Like other people, you might not be able to see this. This is, you're watching this. You have this conversation. You're leaning in. Let me just see you. But you, you know him. And more than that, you know him because he what? He lives with you now and later will be what? In you. So God has given us this Holy Spirit who's an advocate. And I feel like for me at least, and I know we've talked about this, Joel, is that, that what, the part of being a, part of the solution is being an advocate. It's leaning into the Spirit of God who's inside of us that cries out, be the advocate for your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Like, and that's why I'm so glad as a church, like we were out there on the streets. We're not just doing that. We're also providing like a, a curriculum to people to go through. I mean, we're doing that to be an advocate, to move towards that. But it's also connected to, if you're going to choose to be an advocate, you have to remember God is inviting you in to be and practice the spirit of God in within you. you. Like it cries out for you. It pleads for you. It, it says things when you don't know what to say. It speaks to you. It stands with you. It's in you. It's for you. And he's like, if you don't know what to do right now, if you don't know what to do right now, um, as, a, as, a, as a white person or as a person you go, I'm not in this. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm in this because I'm Asian and I don't, I don't know. This is what God's saying. Hey, be an advocate. Yeah. Be an advocate. And I'll tell you what, though, but it starts with humility. Because for some of us, if you won't humble yourself to relearn some things, educate, to really look at some things, if you don't, if you, I hate, it, I hate to tell you, it, it, pride will keep you from it. Pride is the one thing that will keep you from being an advocate. Yeah. I'm too good for this. I know better. This is not true. It's not my problem. It's not, yeah. Um, that term advocate, it's a legal term in Greek. It's a judicial term in Greek. Um, that term advocate, it means that you're willing to put yourself at risk for the sake of somebody else. So my sons uh, and I, we were going on a drive and uh, you know, the, the, uh, the protest, that was amazing yeah. what you guys did. I was so blown away uh, by that and how, and everything that happened. And Sanchez did such a brilliant job and I was just so, uh, I played basketball with Sanchez back in the day. Like it was so good. And I was driving with my son Levi and we looked around and Levi's watching and there was a group of white protesters that were out uh, you know, on, this, on the street. And Levi looked at them while we were walking. He goes, Dada, that's awesome. I was like, why is that awesome, Levi? He goes, because, Dad, they're all white. And I was like, okay, uh, wh why does that matter? He 
goes, well, of course, black people would be out there protesting. It's their lives that they're protesting for. It means so much more that mm. white people are out there that are protesting for them. That's awesome, dad. And I was like, uh, talk about proud dad moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. But talk about conviction of my own heart. Yeah. Being an advocate of saying this is not, maybe not my issue. Like maybe, you know, like, like this isn't gonna mess with me. But when you and I live in relationship with other people and when we see them as our family yeah. and we've invited them in, their hurt becomes our hurt. Right, right. Their pain becomes our pain. Uh, their misfortune becomes our misfortune. We are moved and motivated. We're compelled by the gospel, by the spirit, because it is no longer a me, myself, and I. It is a you and me and we. Mm -hmm. And this is the sign and symbol of the future kingdom that is to come. When Jesus teaches us how to pray, he says, on earth as what? Is as it is in heaven. Revelation chapter 11. It is the nations that bow before the king of kings. When you and I live with this type of love, when we advocate for each other, when we are part of the solution, it is a witness to a broken world that is desperate to figure out yeah. love and meaning and identity in a broken pandemic world. And I just wonder the disaster and the destruction that we do mm. when we care more inwardly about ourselves than caring about the things that God clearly cares about. Man, so good, bro. So good. Yeah, I love this. I love, like, you got, something is gonna, it's gonna cost you something to be an advocate. Your reputation, you know, maybe some friends. Yeah. Comfort, whatever. Um, man, this, is, this has been great. And I, we could go on, but I think we should pray, right? We gotta pray. Yeah. For courage, for man. Soft hearts. Yeah. For yeah. All right, why don't you pray for us? Um Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for your son Jesus, who is the true human God man, who modeled for us exactly how it is to live. So if we're confused right now, like some of us may be confused, like like how do I put this into practice? We look to Jesus. We see Jesus in John chapter four with the Samaritan woman. We see Jesus with Cornelius. We see Jesus living and loving, speaking and acting. And Lord, we want to be wrapped up in Jesus. That all the things that could be true about Jesus, that you would look at us and say, yes, good, well done, good and faithful servant. That is true about you. And the only way this is possible is through the power of your spirit, through your advocate who you said will never leave us. And we know that you are powerful, Lord, that you have the ability to soften hard, brittle hearts. God, I pray for wisdom and clarity, direction. Mm. God, I pray that we would be a people who don't just talk with our mouths, but we live with our words and our works. Those things come into alignment, yes. that we are a people. When they see us, when the outside world sees us, they would say, yeah, mm -hmm. those are Christians. Those are people who yes. love Christ. And Lord, right now, specifically, we pray for our black brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray against the evils of systemic racism, injustice, corruption. Lord, we pray that you would bring change. We pray that your justice would be had. Lord, ultimately, we pray that the lost would come to know you. We trust you and we love you. Mm. Be our helper be our comforter. Yes, God. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.